hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Back Row, a podcast from back-row.com, the greatest podcast, some might say. I am here. My name is Jenna, by the way. I'm here with Veronica. Hi. And we have a really exciting topic for you today. But, you know, before we get into that, I just wanted to give a shout out to back-row.com and some of the great things that we have on there, including the fact that it was our sixth birthday on February 20th. And that means that we have a whole article that is about all of our best, our our most listened to and clicked on articles of the past year. So check that out if you missed any of them. That includes everything from controversial films to cult films to sex to abortion, murders and comfort zones. All the things that you love. Yeah, I guess we don't really cover a lot of feel-good stuff, so (laughs) (laughs) just a heads up, everyone. Well, you know what's pretty feel-good is Cream of the Crud, which is where Dan and Carlo talk about things that they watched recently or things that they're doing, and they always put out great episodes most Mondays, pretty much every Monday, so you should listen to all of those uh, this year. Veronica has been doing screenings back row co-sponsored screenings in in the great city of san francisco we sure have it's at stageworks once a month we have five dollar movie nights at stageworks on valencia street if you're in the bay area uh we have one coming up on march 21st which is actually my birthday and we'll be showing the lure which is a polish mermaid musical i highly recommend it it's gonna be a great time uh, we in the past we've shown Living in Oblivion that was our inaugural one, and uh, in February we watched Tales from the Hood, which I really love that movie. My mom, it's funny that I saw it as an adult and it kind of freaked me out. And it's funny because my mom was right when I was a kid. I was like, I want to go see that movie, and she's like, No, you don't. It's too scary for you. She was right. It was. <laughs> it's not scary. It's upsetting. Um, there is a little doll at one point, you know, we I have I have a thing with dolls. They terrify me. So That's that scary. did Yeah, yeah, they're they're horrifying. It's I don't care too much about clowns. I know sometimes people are like freaked out by clowns. You have my favorite joke about clowns. You're like the spectrum of clowns is either they terrify me or I'm not totally disgusted by them. Nobody likes them. (laughs) Very true. Very true. But so if you're in the Bay Area, come on down to Stageworks once a month. It looks like it's we're aiming around the 20th, 21st uh, most months. That's kind of seems to be a sweet spot for $5 movie nights at Stageworks. All proceeds and donations go directly to Stageworks. This is a fundraiser to keep bringing money and people and uh, energy into a wonderful venue in San Francisco because venues are struggling. And it's kind of stupid that we're seeing a lot of empty storefronts and a lot of theaters closing down. I don't know why you know, Ugh. come on, Mayor London Breed. I know you're listening. 
<laughs> do something. Do, what? Why do you want to have a ghost town? Who does this serve? Whatever. <laughs> the invisible hand loves that shit. I know. That must be it. That's. I know that's it. And people can get tax write-offs, which is like, we got to stop that. Ugh, we got to stop people being allowed to just sit on empty properties and write it off. Like, you should have to someone be- someone think of the landlords? For <laughs> oh, the poor suffering landlords. Oh. Oh. But, so that's that's a different rant altogether. I'm sure. Every, go listen to our cities podcast, because uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we covered more. this in that. <laughs> Yeah, and The Lure, which is a, a movie that Veronica has actually written about. So if you want to chase true. that on backdashrow.com and you can try and search. Our search is kind of janky on the site. But yeah. if you click on Veronica's name and you scroll a little bit, you will find an article called Eat Your Heart Out, The Carnivorous Women of Raw and The Lure. Might be a yeah. little spoilery, but you'll get a taste of it. So, And, and right. we'll try and, and repost on our Instagram stories uh, when these things are coming up. So, Yeah. Do that. Go over and say hi to Veronica. Do the thing that I want to do, which is go say hi to Veronica. <laughs> Come say hi. Or leave a comment on one of my articles, preferably a nice one. Sometimes yeah. they're not, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can say, leave a nice one. You don't have yeah. to call me a piece of shot. <laughs> I will never, never forget that. My favorite angry email ever. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Rob Zombie, you know, whatever. That's we'll go into a whole. It's a whole different, <laughs> different hole, different hole. Right. Well, today we actually have a great topic that Veronica wanted to um, bring up, so I'm going to let you kind of introduce it. But we're going to be talking doubles. Yeah. So Jen and I both uh, saw Infinity Pool, and that's kind of what prompted this. Where I was like, there have been a couple of doubles movies in the past. There was Duel last year as well. Uh, that I enjoyed and then there's this other movie the one I love that came out probably this year uh, this it's like probably 10 years old at this point right like the one, the one I, I love yeah that's 2014 yeah <laughs> look at that <laughs> these three movies together have like I was saying to Jenna it's a funny Venn diagram of of sort of themes where they're not all exactly the same clearly uh, but Duel has a lot of overlap with Infinity Pool, and then Infinity Pool kind of has some overlap with the one I love. And whilst we can get into our opinions on especially Infinity Pool, because I know that's what <laughs> that's kind of something we've wanted to talk about just in general, they do kind of have an interesting running thread of like what who who are you actually who do you get are you just you know if there's a copy of yourself does that is that still you do you really identify just with something that has your memories and looks like you uh the one i love goes into this really well because it's also like you through someone else's eyes like who are you in relation to other people which i thought i think duel and um the one i love kind of delve better into the questions of, you know, identity and other people's perspective on you. And Infinity Pool, I do want to talk about this, but I guess I don't want to put too many spoilers too early on, but I think Jen and I both have some strong opinions on the direction Infinity Pool could have gone <laughs> instead of the way it did go. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm hoping by now you've seen Infinity Pool if you were interested in seeing it. This came out this year for uh directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Yes. And the younger... starring the lesser Skarsgard. 
Uh, Big Al, we call him. He's not lesser. He's just... (laughs) Yeah, come on. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I take that back, Alex. You are a wonderful Skarsgård. And this was one of the first... Just no little Billy. Right. You can't... It's not your fault. You can't compete with that weird little doll face. Uh, (laughs) Although I do have to say, there's a couple of shots in this that for the first time I was like, oh, they do look alike. You know, I... I had never really seen it. I had always kind of been like, I don't even know how these two are brothers, except that they're both like six foot five. Uh, (laughs) But Billy's so like slender, got those little hips and shoulders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He does. I love his, I love his weird lanky little body. Because we're girls. It's okay because we're girls. It is. It's like what I said at New Year's. I was like, yeah, that's what me too means to me. Me too. I want to do it too. (laughs) So Alexander <laughs> Skarsgård yeah. so and Mia Goth. Right. And I do really, I I love Mia Goth. I'm pretty open about that. And I thought she was great in this. My biggest issue. Should we talk about the plot really quick? Oh, People yeah. Good idea. Staying <laughs> at an island, island resort. This guy named James. He's a writer and his girlfriend, M. And uh, they're having a great time. And then Mia Goth shows up, basically. <laughs> Her name's Gabby. And she you know, says, oh, I'm a big fan of your book. And she kind of, like, gets them to, to leave this resort, which they're not meant to leave because it's this, like, you know, island. And this is a very money yeah. resort. Imaginary and... island nation of Latoka. Yes. yes. It's, it's definitely made up. And it's sort of also very performative. Everything that happens within the gates of this place is all kind of catering to tourism and tourists and so you never really get a sense of the the real place so they they of course sell these like grotesque masks that they claim are you know spiritual outside of the gates but you know who knows and um yeah and so they go off to this little beach and they have a nice old time with gabby and her boyfriend and i forget his name and yeah um on the way back everyone's drunk so they have alexander skarsgård drive and he manages to hit somebody by mistake and kill him and gabby's response is like because she's like we come here every year and she's like um okay well, we're gonna leave this guy and we're just gonna pretend like nothing happened and uh i you know don't worry about it we're gonna take care of it and of course the next day he gets arrested james uh skarsgård and it turns out in this island, um, if you commit murder, it's like pretty much an eye for an eye. So like you have to die. But because they are American citizens, they don't have to um, totally conform to the law. There is some sort of diplomatic situation in which what they're allowed to do is clone themselves and then let their double die. Uh, like and uh, it, funnier, too. I have to say this movie's really funny <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> Funnier is like, you know, the it's not only that you have to die, it's that the the like relatives of whoever you killed get to murder you. Yeah, the like nine-year-old kid. Right. And so this guy, he dies and all he has left is his two sons, and one of them is like three and the other one's nine. So it's like, yeah, that this nine-year-old boy gets to murder Alexander Skarsgard. And it's this horrible situation where you're watching yourself get murdered on a stage essentially in front and of everybody. And you have to. That's part of it. You do have yeah. to witness it. And so after this, uh, Mia Goth is like, Gabby is like, welcome to the club. <laughs> she's like, we've all We're done all zombies. This. Yeah. She's like, we've all done this. And, and what are they going to do? You know, like all it we're, doesn't doesn't matter. We can do anything like we're gods. And, and so the rest of this film essentially turns to this hedonistic 
craziness where they're just going around doing whatever the hell they want because every time that they get in trouble they can just clone themselves and then die <laughs> and uh so that's that's the plot you know it goes more places than that but yeah, yeah not so here's <laughs> I, yeah. I enjoyed this movie overall i saw it twice i'll probably wind up seeing it again um which is what happens when you have memberships at theaters, kids, you wind up seeing a lot of movies you either didn't even care about seeing or seeing movies like three or four times because you're like, whatever. <laughs> it's it's yeah, why not? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so my biggest issue with this movie was that I came up with better plots in my head that I was like, oh, this is where it's going to happen next. And then it didn't. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is what's going to happen next. And it didn't. And both of the both of the directions my mind took it were more interesting. It really did just kind of turn into like, oh, okay, we're doing this again. Oh, the rich people are just like playing a game with him. Or it's like, okay. So I had initially thought, because at some point M, Alexander Skarsgård's wife, is like, I'm out of here. You know, she leaves... He pretends he lost his passport so he can't leave when she's leaving, like right after the execution. She's like, I am gone. I'm, she's the smartest character in the movie. She's like, see you yeah. later, guys. And he's still hanging out, you know, with these this like weird group that have all survived, had had the doubling. And I had thought at some point, because you have to be able to pay to get the double, that's kind of how it works, that now his funds were cut off. So he was going to, they were going to do something mm. and he was not, you know, it was going to turn into a situation where like, he's got more at stake now and either somebody else pays for him and then kind of holds it over, like lords it over him, you know, something, something down that route where he, this, this safety net gets pulled. That didn't happen. <laughs> and then when he's trying to leave at some point he's like okay these people are just screwing with me i'm out of here and he gets on the shuttle for the resort so a bunch of other rich people are on this shuttle and you know leaving trying to get back to the airport with him and mia goth and her crew roll up and like basically they shoot into the shuttle they they drag him out or they have him you know emerge and they're just kind of toying with him i had thought yeah yeah and at that point because it's like now there's a bunch of other rich people on this shuttle right this is you know they're not playing around with uh, you know people farmers in a third world country who can or developing country whatever the whatever you're supposed to say now uh that really have very little recourse now they're dealing with people who do have money who don't want to be shot at and right they're so i'd kind of thought like well maybe Maybe she's going to fire into the the bus, hit someone who's another rich person, and the rich person is going to, like, demand either some level of satisfaction or it's going to, like, follow them, you know, where it's like they're – this person is also living in L.A. and has money and is going to, you know, show up with their lawyers or something like that. Like, that's that was the next tangle I thought was going to happen where it would be like, yeah, you guys are toying around – in in an area where you can kind of get away with it but that's it's such a little microcosm and you cross the line and it didn't do that either <laughs> it just and so for me the last like half ish of the movie i was kind of like okay this i it started to bore me 
it just kind of like I get they're like, oh, playing with him. Oh, they make him, you know, kill his own double or like beat his own double to death and all this. And it just it kind of got to a point where I I was sort of thinking like it it feels like it fizzled out. Like they don't have enough. There's action happening, yeah. but like no engine behind the action. It's just kind of like, okay, another scene where they're here to screw with them. Oh, okay, another scene where, you know, and it. I thought there could have been more. I have no issue with the idea of like, oh, rich people don't face consequences. I think that is is something that we see pretty often but i also where you're making a movie you kind of want some conflict and as funny as it sounds to say it didn't really feel like there was that much conflict i guess with him sure but it with i don't know it to me it just kind of felt like we're doing another scene of this we're doing another scene of this we're doing and some like ritualistic there was a lot of like okay you're doing this because it looks cool but there was no yeah. point. A lot of that, like Ken Russell-y, you know, naked people with masks on, sitting in straight lines, kind of like eyes wide shut, Kubrick setups. But there was no point. They weren't doing anything ritualistic. They weren't actually doing, you know, worshiping the devil or trying to call some, you know, cabal into effect. They were just yeah. Come on. What are yeah. you? What are you guys doing? Come on. <laughs> like, what are you? What are you wasting your time here? <laughs> So that was that was it for me, where it's like I enjoyed it and I thought the performances were solid. Um, I love unhinged women, <laughs> as we all do. So I really enjoyed Mia Goss' performance, but it, you know, it started to just kind of feel like a lot of the same. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you. I didn't dislike this movie by any means, but I also kind of here's what I thought. I thought the whole thing was just an art anxiety dream. Mm-hmm. And so part of, I think the, the issue that we're running into is that it's, it's, it's Brandon's circle. It's like, it's his bubble that oh, he can't get out of. Yeah. Cause I kind of think this whole thing, like I think the whole concept here is just basically this idea of like, you put yourself out there and you try and find people who understand you like as an artist and when you think you do, like they they use you or they force you to conform or to like kill yourself to fit into their world, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah. You know, you you can you can put something out there. Like he's a novelist, right? Like he's written a, a novel, but like, and everyone says, "Oh, I love this so much," and then they like immediately try to just like milk him for all he's worth. You know, it's like it's not enough. Like it, it's this land of like insecurity and you're, you're just there for everyone's entertainment. And they like, they want to pick you apart and just like destroy you, but they want you to do more. And like, they want to celebrate you while they like ruin your life. Basically. Yeah. And it's interesting with that because there's this whole idea in the movie uh, that he married his, his wife M. her father is a wealthy publisher and at some right. point, Mia Goth is like reading a review of James's book, and the review is like he wouldn't have this wouldn't have gotten published if it wasn't for his father-in-law. So you could definitely see that with Brandon. I'm sure there have been plenty of times he's run into people being like, if it wasn't for his dad, nobody exactly. would know who this guy is. Exactly, um, and like that's the thing is like you know I I like on one hand I feel for him because you you never you know you always find out who your real friends are when you when you do anything yeah you know sure. like if you accomplish literally anything 
you will find people at all levels. And if the accomplishment gets bigger, you will lose more people because that's just how terrible everyone is. Right. Like we were actually just before this podcast, we were talking about jealousy, but um, <laughs> so, so I feel for him on, on that kind of human level, but on the other hand, it's kind of feels very like, Oh, woe is me. I'm stuck in LA and I'm plagued with, you know, this, this gift of being able to make films and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, that's, it's, I really like this point. I like that you brought this up because I hadn't really thought of it that way, but it's funny that it's still, we still kind of came to the conclusion, even like approaching it from different angles where it's like, okay, yeah. all right. I, I, that's sort of how I was feeling where I was like, all right. I think you could have gotten out of this situation already. I think like how much sympathy am I supposed to have for, uh, for this character and for everything that's happening. I actually had kind of thought it might've been more interesting if he was this like David Foster Wallace guy who wrote, wrote like an opus that people totally loved. And then didn't, Mm. didn't he, he only, he wrote like, two books and had big huge gaps in between them or something right or am I thinking of someone else but you know it was a a character there fill in whatever kind of reclusive or weirdo writer who would write like one thing people loved it and then kind of didn't put out anything else for a really long time and um, I I kind of thought that would have been more interesting instead of him like it I thought it was also kind of weird. This is just a, now I'm just kind of being nitpicky as far as like the internal logic. But I was like, this woman, did she recognize him? It sounds like it didn't, he didn't get enough attention for his book that someone would be able to pick him out of, you know, she approaches him and is like, I really loved your book. And I was like, did you Google him? Did you like take a picture of this guy and be like, does anybody know? Did this guy write a book? Like it didn't, that that in and of itself didn't make any sense to me once once it was revealed that she was, you know, full of it, that she was just kind of leading him on. You know, I there were a couple of things where I was like, I would have even liked it. This is a small change and I would have liked it for more. Uh, forget the bigger, the bigger sort of mechanics of it that kind of left me wanting. I also thought, and this was, I could see that there there was a a few moments where they were really trying to like bring a more philosophical bent into it where they're talking to someone who's in this big group of zombies as they call them you know these people who went through the doubling process and watched themselves die where one guy goes do you ever think like did they kill the right did they kill the right one you go to sleep in this room and you wake up you know how do you how do you know they didn't switch out. They didn't kill the real you and you're the double. Right. Um, which I kind of snorted at that. Cause I was like, why would they even bother? Why would this, why would this Island nation bother then? They would just kill you. You know, <laughs> like why would they bother right. to kill the real one and then let the double walk? Like that, uh, that seems kind of silly. I don't even think this is, I get that we're trying to now have this conversation of like who, how sure of yourself or how sure of, are you in your own skin but it didn't even, to me, I was kind of like, that doesn't seem, I think they would just pretend they were doing a doubling process and murder you then, or, you know, execute you. <laughs> I don't even, I don't think they would go through all this trouble just to like, you know, kill the real you, but well, still. you know, diplomacy, right? I, sure, I guess. <laughs> it just, to me, I was kind of like, I don't know. Right. I, I think you're, I think you're reaching for, for this like higher sort of existential theme and it's not really hitting 
See, I would have really liked if it there had actually been one, you know, yeah, like I, yeah. I, this concept is really intriguing. And again, like I found a lot of this to be really funny. I thought Infinity Pool had a really good sick sense of humor a lot of sure. the time. Eventually it does kind of lose even the humor to like being just cruel, which is not unfunny the way that <laughs> right? it's done. But it's just sort of like ho-hum, as you said. It just gets to be, it doesn't heighten after a certain point. And yeah. I mean, I could even buy into this idea where, you you know, like your complaint about they're not even being spiritual. It's like, well, yeah, because they're, you know, they're all posers, you know, like they're just sure, sitting here right. like sucking off of whatever he has and, you know, trying to make him, you know, conform to whatever. And and so like, I could, I kind of like, I can like forgive some of that, but at a certain point, yeah, like, you know, just what's why, like he, he's really so like, what, afraid of these people would kill him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or <laughs> murder them. Yeah. Like yeah. who cares? You're, you know, it doesn't matter apparently. So I don't see why he's, he becomes so like terrified of these people when, I mean, like Mia Goth is terrifying to be fair, but like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's weird how he sort of, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess, again, if it's about insecurity, I get it. But I, I thought the whole doubling thing was way more intriguing than, the like woe is me stuff and yeah they don't really go anywhere with it right right i it looks, you know visually it looks cool as hell like i right. <laughs> i love you know and the other thing that really and maybe i don't know what did you make of the commentary about like you know there's like that sort of fake bollywood dancing and there is that like five second shot of like these Hasidic Jews with Pinocchio noses and oh, giant yeah. hats. And like, I actually tweet tweeted <laughs> out into the world, which I immediately regretted because the first <laughs> response I got was like, the Cronenbergs are Jewish. Cause I was like, what was with that five second anti-Semitic moment? Right. Yeah. That looks, it like looked like part of their festival or something, you know? Yeah. The- and I, I couldn't, you know, and it was like, I'm not trying to imply that Brandon Cronenberg is anti-Semitic, like, which it really wasn't at all what I was, but I just didn't understand why that was even included. And, and people did, some other people replied and, and gave me some thoughtful answers about how, like, you know, that this was just moneyed place that, you know, was catering to tourists and, and yada, yada. But the, the problem with that scene for me, what, no matter what he meant by it was that, you know, I know people that watch that and said, isn't that just what they look like? I didn't even notice the noses. And I'm like, okay, great. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on now. The noses were like a different color than their face. It's like, yeah. It was obvious they were big, huge fake noses. And so to it's... me that didn't, it didn't even come across as like funny because nothing like the Bollywood scene is just like people that aren't Indian dancing. You know, right. it's like, the, it was, so I don't, I don't really know what that was about. Yeah. It's, it's interesting uh, it's funny that you bring this up because with a lot of it, I had kind of felt like, oh, this is, we're doing a kitchen sink approach to things where it's like just kind of throwing everything and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Uh, and then deciding that even the stuff that didn't stick, we're going to include. So that's also kind of how I felt about a lot of the like rich people, rich people resort commentary, you know, um, that it was just it it was just kind of another layer of throwing whatever whatever commentary or satire or whatever you want to call it into the mix and being like oh see like trying to and in some way i think trying to build a fully fleshed out world of this fictional you know nation um and this fictional resort that didn't for me it's i almost just wish they had kept the resort as as 
resorty as possible you know just kind of keep it it didn't I didn't care too much about the actual resort so some of those bits to kind of like build out this little compound that they're allowed to be on I just didn't care you know that's (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the the end of the day that's my feeling about that and that maybe it was just yeah no it's like you said it 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 was that kitchen sink thing including honestly including throwing the semen scene into that too I know to that kitchen sink because it I I get it as far as a like yes she's trying to like you know make him insecure and like steal his power or whatever by like dominating him physically and nothing's gonna do that more than like being sexually assaulted but like I I just to me, the kitchen sink approach is is just his own insecurity coming through. And I think that that you even get that, too, with the ending of this movie where it just doesn't go anywhere. And it's like, like, buddy, like, go to therapy. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got money, your beautiful wife sitting back at home in the States. Just get on the plane. When, yeah, and it's funny, know. it's because I also thought the semen thing was going to come back around. I thought there was going to be some like early on I had kind of been like okay maybe there's going to be like some underground doubling and she's you know stealing stealing his essence or something and there's going to be this a whole other world of because that's I was anti-viral Brandon Cronenberg's first movie was kind of um shaping you know shaping my guesses for what was going to happen because that's what a lot of antiviral is you know, people in these sort of like weird underground worlds of of virus creation and human meat production, you know, or it's these these back alley versions of something that's considered legitimate in that world. So I had kind of thought maybe that was another direction it was going to go. Uh, so that's kind of what I was waiting on with the semen thing. And then I did, as I was leaving, I did kind of think like, well, what the hell was that scene about? Like, what? I don't get it. Yeah. I I mean, I'm happy that Brandon Cronenberg is making movies. Um, he's doing interesting stuff. And so, you know, even though we're picking him apart and in the way that he says he doesn't, that makes him feel insecure throughout this whole movie. <laughs> Um, I do want you to continue Cry to your to make daddy, movies, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Brandon. <laughs> no, I do want you to continue to make movies. But yes, likewise. This does tie into this movie, Duel, which came out in 2022, which is written, directed by Riley Stearns, starring Karen Gillian. Aaron Paul is in there. <laughs> he sure is. He's so Theo cute. Theo James is in it for five seconds. He's on White Lotus. But uh, yeah, you you told me to watch this, and I did. And I I would love to hear if you may, you want to give the plot rundown real quick. Um, and then I really would love to hear because uh, you like this movie, right? I did, I did. It wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't one of my favorites of last year. Um, I think I only saw it twice, but I did <laughs> enjoy it. And again, was you know the whole time kind of being like, oh this is where it's going. Oh, in the same way with infinity pool where I went like, Oh, this is where it's going. Uh, (laughs) I had a little bit of an opposite reaction with duel. So the world of duel 
is a funny one. It's it's also funny because if we're talking about the Cronenbergs, which he didn't, you know, this the way people acted in this reminded me of a lot of David Cronenberg movies where there's kind of this like muted, flat way of speaking that kind of adds to like just an overall surreal nature of a world that is not supposed to be surreal, you know. And so in this world, people can make doubles of themselves if they're going, if they get a diagnosis that's terminal, if, you know, people, it's a sort of an estate planning thing, a family planning thing where you can make a double of yourself. If you know you're going to die, you know, something's going wrong and your double will live out so that your family, your friends and family don't have to feel sad. And that is mind for jokes throughout the whole thing because it's obviously obviously a lot of people are uncomfortable with the double there's a a, you know she's watching this infomercial basically about it and the guy's like i'm a double and this is my beautiful wife and you know the wife kind of like cringes when he goes to kiss her (laughs) you know it's like because yeah it that would be weird i don't know i don't think i would really want a double of someone who i had to watch die you know i don't think i would be like oh okay i'm fine and we were joking around when we were watching it going like no not even for kinky sex no (laughs) i don't know did i kill little billy um (laughs) (laughs) let's yeah let's have a whole bunch of little billy doubles and (laughs) he's gonna sue us (laughs) (laughs) i would just be so flattered he was listening i'm like oh little billy oh he's listening (laughs) he better be uh but we were laughing when we were watching it because we were kind of going like no i want my family to be sad i want i want my friends to be sad (laughs) like i'm dead you should be sad (laughs) miss me all right fine fine <laughs> fine i'll be sad uh so basically what happens is this you know this woman gets a diagnosis that the doctor tells her like you're gonna die there's no way around this and then you know so she she makes a double who also has like a different eye color than her which is a mistake you know it's an accident and they were like we can kill this one and make a new one she's like no that's fine you know so it's kind of funny that's like her like slightly hotter double because she kind of has like these you know these blue eyes and the with the red hair and everything if you if you wind up living one of you has to die so you wind up having a duel with your double and whoever wins gets to live out the life so the double already kind of winds up taking her life. People are enjoying her double more than they enjoy her. And she kind of has to sit there and watch all this happen. And then the doctor is like, oh, by the way, you're not going to die. And I would I would love the doctor being like, and I would hope that you're not going to bring this up or, you know, this was, this was a mistake. Please don't, please don't get me in trouble basically is what the doctor, the doctor's bedside manner the whole time is like horrific, yeah. which is, you know, which is pretty true to life. Right, Jenna? Oh yeah. <laughs> so she has, she has a year to train basically. So she's trained to kill her double and the double reaches out and goes like, maybe we don't have to do this. Uh, maybe we can we can work something out. Uh, am I am I telling all the way to the end? Hey, you can stop. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you can shut up now. We're good. Uh, so that's I liked this one because I also 
it reminded me of uh, this plot line in that show Fringe where there was oh. a double because it was a, a, like a parallel universe thing. And I, I love Fringe. I loved Fringe so much. Oh, my great God. Great show. Yeah. And I thought everyone in it was great. Um, you know, everyone works so well together. And at some point, the main character, Olivia, her her double from the parallel universe doesn't go through this kind of bizarre childhood experiment that Olivia that we initially meet does. So her doubles like a little bit happier, a little bit calmer has, as, as her boyfriend says, after being duped into thinking is the real Olivia, it was like, she was a little faster with a smile. She was like a little faster, a little, a little less hard, a little less cold. And what I did like about duel is watching someone be like a slightly better version of yourself. Like people are more, yeah. more responsive to this version where you're like, really, really? So what would, what, what would make you guys like me more if I was kind of just a little bit gentler or a little bit, and then the double gets tired of everything too. The double's so over, you know, the, the life by the end of it, which made me laugh. Cause it's like, yeah, at some point, the shit catches up to you. You know, it's like when people get into new relationships and they're like, I can never imagine being sick of this person. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. you will. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> yeah, you've known each other for three months. It's familiarity breeds contempt. We have a literal saying about it. You'll get there. <laughs> don't worry. So that's, I did like duel for that level of like, well, we're always, we do always kind of look for new things, new new but sort of familiar comfortable things and then we just wind up you know it's like eternal sunshine or something where it's like you're just get, you are going to wind up in the same spot there's really no way you know there's no way to kind of do the same thing and wind up in a completely different spot and that's what's happening so duel for me was more about like people trapped in cycles and mm. you know unable to break out of cuz she's got a lot of really really horrible behaviors in the beginning you know she or through a lot of it it's like she's just always drinking she's always eating fast food she's just kind of like lying around watching trash tv and porn and and gets spurred into action when she has to like fight herself you know so i i would be really be interested in watching like kind of picking apart duel from the perspective of like addiction and self-destruction because uh, that was kind of what it hit with me. Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting to watch, though I have to say that I, I spent most of the time, I've never seen uh, this director's other movies, but I know one of them is The Art of Self-Defense, right? which stars Jesse Eisenberg. And I just felt this whole movie, I was like, Sarah is the main character. I was like, this, she is Jesse Eisenberg. Sure. <laughs> You know, like she's too, I don't know. She's, she's kind of a weirdo and the dialogue is kind of weird and everything's a little bit too like, you know, I am feeling this right now. You are feeling this. Yes, I am feeling this. And, and like, and it, it works for comedy. It could have, I like, I love, honestly, I love any female leads that are not your typical female leads. So in a lot of ways, and I like Karen uh, Gillian, who's a, who was, who is Sarah and plays the double, obviously. But I, I felt I was a bit cold about, like, you know, I, I, I kind of just wanted to feel more about these characters, I guess. And it works in some way that the double is, as you said, more warm and, like, you know, willing to do 
to, to sort of think openly more so than the original Sarah is. And I love like, you know, the, the, even her own mother prefers her right. to, <laughs> to her. Cause she's just so monotone and, and depressed all the time. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I felt a bit disconnected from the whole thing and I didn't really, I, yeah, I didn't really get like Aaron Paul, <laughs> like, cause he's the one who's training her to kill herself, which could have also been fun, but like, he was also very monotone. Like everyone in this movie is extremely monotone. Yeah, I think because that's what I was talking about with like the Cronenberg, the David Cronenberg delivery, where, you know, you watch something like The Brood and people are reacting to these like horrific situations with just kind of like, oh, you know, like open right. mouth. And, <laughs> uh, so I like I do think that was on purpose. And, you know, because the the entire world that is built is kind of like muted in color there's a lot of gray and like dark green like earth tones and uh so it it there's nothing that really like pops in this movie as far as visual it's a very like very crafted movie um that doesn't necessarily have the most like interesting colors and and scenery you know it's it's a lot of just flat sort of flat suburbs and which I do think was to the point. I, you know, I think it was kind of was on purpose, um, which also I hadn't really thought about this until now, which because I'm the more watching Duel the second time or third time, whatever it was when I watched it recently, uh, that's when I was kind of going like, oh, I think this is about addiction. I think this is about like living in cycles and being unable to break out of cycles and how you're fighting yourself, you know? And there's, and that I kind of think was also to the point just because it was so like flat and I don't want to say boring to look at because I liked how it looked, but there was nothing, if you're comparing it to something like Infinity Pool, you know, or it's just right. like visual, yeah, visual, the... visual, visual, you know, this was a lot yeah. of just, just kind of a day in the life, you know, there was nothing, nothing special in a lot of, even the people were kind of like normal looking. And, uh, you know, I think Aaron Paul is a cutie patootie, but he's also like a dude you could probably meet at the bar. You know, he's not Alexander Skarsgård. He's not even Will Billy. Uh, he's just kind of he's just kind of a dude. And everyone in it is just kind of like a normal, normal human. It's always it's always funny to me. We've had a lot of conversations in my family about like nature versus nurture and um, what traits might actually be in someone as we don't have answers we're not saying we know for sure but like what traits might just inherently be in someone that won't be in someone else we're even comparing like siblings that all kind of got raised about the same you know and what what gets brought to the surface in someone that doesn't get brought to the surface in someone else and that is what i liked about duel and in the same way that was you know why it reminded me of fringe where it's like yeah these these you know, there will be these incidents in your formative years that wind up snowballing and do do create bigger effects down the down the road. So when you're an adult, something that maybe didn't seem like that big of a deal as a kid all of a sudden is really uh, pushing your life in a certain direction. So with Duel, I did. I sort of liked that where it's like seeing oh, you, the double has your memories and everything kind of. You know, I think in Infinity Pool, it's more like a clear, clear double. In 
uh, Duel. It yeah, they seems, says it has your memory. Yeah, it says in, in Duel, they don't really say it specifically, but it kind of seems like she has to teach her stuff. She doesn't right. automatically go, you know, so it's, you know, if you could teach yourself, if you could talk to yourself about about your life and how to live it, what would you say? What would you bring up? Yeah, that's really interesting, too, especially to think of like this idea of are you are you your own best teacher in a way? Right. Like, you know, I mean, the other the other obvious Jesse Eisenberg comparison to this movie is the movie The Double from 2013 directed by uh, Richard Iwate. I don't know if you saw that. I but did not. We don't have to... Oh, it's great. It's really good. Um, it's like a, sh- a short uh, Dostoevsky novel uh, made film. And and it's funny, too. And it, and it's like very, you know, it's it's much more um, surreal and uh, in, in kind of bizarre. You know, that one kind of, you know, we don't have to talk about it because you haven't seen it. But like, I think that one kind of has more of that exploring of like, if you if you meet Buddha in the road, kill him. You know that like right. koan, <laughs> and whereas this one, it it's almost like if you meet Buddha in the road, like get out of his way. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of it is kind of cool at least to have a a film too that's about a double where the double has its own life. You yeah, know? And, and yeah, and to think of as you said, nature versus nurture, and just yeah, if you're if you're the one who's who's nurturing yourself even like you know you you are your worst enemy in a lot of ways and yeah and in so that's kind of you know dovetails into the one i love which right it's now it's instead of being like you are your own teacher and you you know now it's like you being seen through someone you've decided to share your life with uh, and then the one i love this couple goes to a house 2014 right filmed by charlie mcdowell who is another nepo baby right yeah (laughs) who it's funny because i keep meaning to be like oh yeah i wonder if he's done anything else lately because i feel like i haven't he has okay i've seen it yeah because i was like it hasn't like come across my radar at all he did a movie called windfall last year but mm. I didn't see it. No, I didn't even hear about that one. Because, like, there was another Dave uh, Brandon Cronenberg movie that I didn't see, but I remember it, like, popping up. I think it played at the Roxy a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, all right. The Charlie McDowell hadn't – I just hadn't really heard anything from him, and I did enjoy the one I loved. Um, Me too, but I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters, so I do want to hear you – talk about the plot real quick (laughs) (laughs) i know it'll come back i just haven't right so a couple recommended by their therapist played by ted danson uh goes to this they take a little retreat together at this like this vacation home and there is a secondary residence on the property there's kind of like a little cottage um and when they go in there this it happens separately so for a while they don't really know what's going on but they go in there and the other one sees a second version of their partner so it's elizabeth moss and mark duplass and mark duplass goes in and elizabeth moss like a second version of elizabeth moss is there and they wind up you know so they're spending time with their their significant other others double and they kind of wind up falling in love with this different version of the person they're dating or married to i can't remember what they're and they're you know i almost didn't even need the explanation they kind of start to as it unravels 
it's kind of set up that the therapist like sends couples there and the couple turns into gets turned into the next couple that's coming that I didn't necessarily care too much about. I was fine. I was just fine with being like, okay, it's some weird, it's some weird magic that happens here. And we're not, we don't need to go into, you know, the logistics of how it works because we're just here to think about, you know, people being in relationships and making an ideal version of their partner. Um, And if there is such a thing, that's like kind of the big question, like what is actually an ideal version? Is it someone who gives you everything you want, like caters to your every whim? Or is it someone who actually, you know, is real, (laughs) does what's right for you? Yeah, right. Because that's the whole there's the reveal at the end where it's like, you don't know which partner, you don't know if he picked his actual partner to leave with him. And they kind of, the end is kind of like, oh, no, he didn't. He picked the ideal version because she's willing to make him bacon and eggs for breakfast. And the other one's like, you can't eat that every single morning. Like, you're going to, you're going to die. Your heart's going to explode. So there is some, there is this question of like, what do we actually, what we want in life? Is that what we should actually have? Are we, is it better to sometimes get, get the thing that, doesn't give you everything you want but might take care of you better or force you to take better care of yourself and i i did really enjoy this movie because uh i tend to not be in relationships and when i have watched a lot of my friends in relationships there is always this there is always this you know dynamic of um a realization moment. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of... The honeymoon you... has ended. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, you can jump in because I'm not sure where I'm going with this as much as... Yeah, just... I mean, like, you know, it's just that you you start off... I, I would say that even the people I know in, in the best of relationships, you need to have a break, right? You can't constantly be with this person all the time and they're because they cannot constantly be the best version of themselves all the time but that also comes back to like what 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 do you want do you want the do you want comfort or do you want to be challenged and you know the best relationships I think can do both but yeah you know at a certain point what you you have to accept the fact that it's never just there is no happily ever after which is what we get sold all the time and that people I think you know will will balk at this idea that if there's any bump in the road then oh they're not the one or whatever right so yeah yeah not realistic yeah be in any relationship and friendships are romantic but right and just we put so much stock in that's also i think the the title i really uh is kind of perfect because it's like the one i love and we do put so much stock in like the one and when people are in relationships you know, it's especially a lot of this is seen through the Mark Duplass's perspective. It goes back and forth, but I think there is a reason that it is mainly focused on the male perspective because I do think, you know, their women are friends with each other and talk to each other. And I think women are allowed, I'm going to say allowed because I don't think this is like, you know, I think so much of gender dynamics is just imposed by society. Women are sort of allowed to have many, many close friendships and allowed to, you know, discuss things very openly and comfortably with their friends. And I think a lot of times that's why 
men use their partner so often as emotional support because they'd have right. less of it. And it isn't as accepted to be like, oh, you got this big gaggle of boyfriends and you're going to hang out and drink wine and talk about your <laughs> lives. You guys should. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I'm into time. that. Like, hey, that what's everyone great. doing? Oh, you guys crying? <laughs> I'm not even mocking. You guys are allowed to cry. I love when men cry. That's I'm all about it. <laughs> I love when men cry. I do. I, you know, I, I grew but, up around a lot of uh, Italians, Jewish guys, and Puerto Ricans. You know, everyone was crying yeah. and dancing all the time. So, <laughs> plus well, I've been know, rewatching The Sopranos, so I'm all like, yeah, yeah you, you guys go. have so many emotions. You should let some of them out. I was going to bring up the fact that all of these movies that we're talking about are all written by guys um, and they're all uh, about duality and, and specifically about relationship. I guess Infinity Pool out of all of them is not as much about relationships, but right. um, it is interesting. Like, I don't know what you make of that. If if this is really, as you say, and, and I'm not, I don't think you're wrong, like the point that you were just making about basically that, like, I think that these men kind of feel the need to have this duality in order to survive, perhaps. Right. More so, I mean, like, and I know, I, I wouldn't say that women are, are um, don't have that, because I think everyone has that, especially for, a, like, a long-term relationship. Again, I think that's probably the only way to make those work. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I think if we, it, doing it from a, a more feminine perspective, I think the duality would be uh, more about, like, you know, how much you have to swallow down as far as the the person you put out in public or in the workforce or something like that, you know, has to adhere almost to more like masculine sensibilities. Um, so I think like the duality with women is more that you have to like hide a lot of yourself in, in public and, you know, you have to kind of put... Oh, but then so is it that the duality for women is more inherent and so when men are confronted with it, they freak out and they write movies about it? <laughs> you know, maybe. I think that's – yeah, yeah, because I think women are just sort of used to uh, – you know, I come across something uh, recently that was saying there was a lot of underdiagnosis of autism in girls because – women they're better at masking girls are expected to sort of right mask and blend a little bit earlier on boys get a little bit more wiggle room to be honest they kind of get the freedom to be weirder to be louder to do what they want so we might just be more used to the idea of like you have to present a certain face to certain people you have to prevent a certain uh, prevent you have to present a certain face in public in private is different you know and so there's and i do think I've, I've maybe the duality of of your own person might be something men <laughs> men dive more into because they're not used to doing it from the time they're very young. Uh, so I do maybe that this isn't really yeah. I mean, something I, I've thought about, and this would also be specifically about likely I would say white dudes just because anyone who's a minority already knows how to also like you know right code switch right yeah <laughs> in this country um but yeah no I mean it's weird because I guess men also tend to compartmentalize and and you know maybe if the the two pieces ever end up actually meeting that's like their biggest nightmare <laughs> <laughs> 
now we're kind of just uh, flailing wildly here, but um, <laughs> it does kind of make sense to me. I, you know, cause it, it is just interesting that, that all of these movies uh, are, you know, again, written by men and even the one starring a woman duel. I, I just, it's not that I felt that she was masculine. I just, it didn't feel it, like there were things that I felt like it could have really touched upon that it just didn't. And, and, and it's fine. It, 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 you know, I think what you were talking about and, and what you thought it was about, about addiction and stuff like that, I think it does work for. So maybe that really is all that they, he had to say, but I feel like there could have been a lot more that you could have played with there. Sure. Yeah. It is funny that two of them, again, this is like why I wanted to do it because they do this podcast. Cause I was like, there's just some sort of like funny thematic overlaps and two of them are about interpersonal relationships and, you know, specifically, specifically romantic partnerships, as well as, you know, your mom liking your double more than you. And, um, <laughs> Which is, you know, that's a great part of it. I do love that. That really, that kind of made me like laugh through a lot of that movie where I'd kind of think of like, oh yeah, her mom doesn't like her. Her mom likes the double more. <laughs> and then the double's sick of the mom. You know, that's what I like right. is that the double at first is like, well, I'm talking to her. Of course I'm talking to my mother. You know, she's my mother. And then she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm so tired of like, I have to keep talking to these people. So I do, it is funny that they are, two of them are very rooted in relationships and how we even are impacted by people, which is again, the nature nurture thing where it's like, well then, you know, how we react to people, how we, uh, how we navigate someone else's interactions with us. Do we just do it a certain way because that's the way we've been taught? Do we like make our own decisions in this and with the one I love, the with the one I love, I think that that one to me, out of all of these movies, was probably I thought the most clever. Um, yeah, it, it but it uses it actually like makes a point to use the doubles for something right thoughtful, yeah. and it thinks about like what that really means, and like it has like there's something behind it. Whereas the other ones feel the other two feel a bit more gimmicky. Sure. And it's the the one I love for all intents and purposes takes place in our world. You know, Infinity Pool, right. it's a fake island in Duel. It's it's clearly some like future world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And the one I love is just it's just us. It's just nobody's nobody in these other two movies. I mean, I guess they're kind of surprised in Infinity Pool about the doubling, but like they don't seem that they kind of roll with it, you know, even M right. who is freaked out by it is just kind of like, okay, well they made your double. You're fine. You know, he like wakes up with her next to him and she's kind of just like, it's okay. It's okay. So this, like there's not even a mention of like, Jesus Christ, they, how they do this on this Island. They have this technology. They can clone humans. <laughs> like nobody seems to care. Uh, so in the one I love, it's at least, that's the whole point is that they're kind of freaked out that this is even happening, you know, from, from the get go, once they, once they realize it, once they uncover, instead of them just being like, weren't you just in that little house? What are you doing in here? Once it's all uncovered, they, you know, she like approaches him when he comes out of the house and she's like, tell me everything, tell me everything that happened. And even that having like a new spark in a relationship brought on by something, 
you could see I really and Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass are both very like humanistic actors so they really are good at playing off each other but I actually they were they were a couple in a movie where I was like I believe this 100% I can understand how these people got together I can understand why they're still together even if they're kind of having a bumpy ride where they're both like approaching it kind of the same way and just fascinated by it and trying to figure out what is going on uh the other the other ones it was I gimmick is kind of a good word for it it just it is just a plot device in the other ones it's just kind of like all right well this is going to set it in motion um and in the one I love, it's all about it's all about that and trying to learn like what what is the difference between this one, this version of the person I love, and that version of the person I love? Is it are things skin deep? Is it is it actually a double of them where it has the same mannerisms, the same memories? And uh, so it's that one's more that one's more of an exploration of like of a human human side of it. Yeah, and I think, as you said, the the thing that brings all of these movies together for sure is just this idea of how other people see you and kind of reflecting on that. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's intriguing. I guess, like, at the end of the day, I mean, the, I, I agree with you. The one I love, I, I from what I remember, did it the best. But I don't, I still feel like there's something, there's something about these doubles. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, well, something. There's two of them. Yeah, yeah, there's something weird about him. No, there's like there's something sort of missing with this metaphor for me, I guess. And and I don't know if maybe that just comes down to this idea that that it's a bit literal. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which yeah. is fun in a sci-fi way. You know, I that's why I go see these movies, you know, like if you say like, yeah, it's like someone gets cloned and then they like bang their clone or whatever, I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does that in any of these movies. I think there's some banging in the one I love. But not with themselves. Right, right. Yeah, they bang their their significant other's clone or double. I bang or my significant other's clone. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not? <laughs> they look like. Uh, What's he going to do about <laughs> it? And you can be like, oh, I thought it was you, honey. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> no, it's, it is. Yeah, it's funny to kind of look at all three of these movies and be like, all right, the double in this one, you know, because I do think the double the doubling concept in each movie is different. I think it applies to different things. I think it represents different things. Um, and I think like some of them are close, but I still think they're kind of, it's all just a little, you know, and honestly, when it, when it comes down to it, I think infinity pool dropped the ball as far as what, what the doubling could mean. And, duel and the one i love at least it kind of for me had it carried it all the way through infinity pool at some point i was like i don't even really when they have him like beating up the dog version of himself the one they like bring in on it <laughs> on oh, <a> yeah. <laughs> you know because that point <laughs> at some point i was just going like is this what is this even supposed what what does this double shit even have to do with it anymore? Now right. you're just, you know. Right. And so that, it didn't feel like it followed it all the way through. And I kind of thought, again, it could have had, it just could have had a more interesting conflict. And it started with one and it kind of like fizzled out. Um, and I do think, you know, like I said, I think Duel is about fighting yourself and how how often we have to fight ourselves and you know, and how 
easily we can sort of give up on things in general. And that's, you know, she had, she had given up on life until she was told she was going to die. And then even, you know, and then when she was told she had to kill her duel or double, that's when she actually like, you know, sprang into action. Uh, but it is, that's the one I love. The one I love kind of explored it for me from like a bunch of different angles and it's it's too bad with Infinity Pool because I did like it. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I didn't. I saw it a bunch of times and I probably will see it again. Like I said, it just, you know, <laughs> Brandon, if you're listening and you have all this artistic anxiety, maybe it's coming leave from LA. somewhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just leave. Just, yeah. Maybe, you know, it's, maybe have someone give you some feedback on where your plots are going uh that's yeah us yeah <laughs> well, yeah we're right here brandon <laughs> it's just you dog it's everyone we're gonna whip you <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have you beat your own double to death i know you're into it yeah probably all, all right, right last last question veronica would if you were confronted with your double oh, would you kill them or kiss them I'd probably kill them. I don't, I'm, I'm not someone who's like that. (laughs) Well, I'm not that into the idea of like having sex with myself. I know that's. (laughs) No. (laughs) Here's the thing. I don't want to bang myself, but I just think I would be too haunted to kill myself. Sure. I don't think I could, I like, I, you know, that would really, um, that would upset me. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I mean, catch me in a mood. Maybe I'll be like, yeah, fucker. Right. We've, Killer. I've, I feel like I've had this conversation with other people as far as like, would you hang out with yourself and would you, you know, would you date yourself? Hour. Would you, yeah, that's no. the thing. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really think I'd be that into hanging out with myself, to be honest. A lot of my friends are different than me. A lot of the people I spend time with aren't that we'll have, you know, some similarities or we kind of have you know, we have similar interests and maybe that's like, you know, you and I are very different people. Uh, you know, the, a lot of the people I'm very close with or that I work best with aren't like me. I don't really know how much of me I want around. I, I'll, one of me is fine. I don't really want to put up with me. (laughs) I think I would annoy me. I'd be like, this bitch has to shut the fuck up. I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm so tired of her fucking obnoxious laugh. I'm so tired of her running her mouth, taking, sucking the air out of the room. So I don't know. I think, I I mean, I do know. I, I don't think I would enjoy my company as much as I enjoy the company of other people, to be honest. I feel that. You know, and one thing too that I'll, I'll leave us off on is that when Bart, uh, my buddy from cinema 60.com, my other podcast that I cheat on you guys with, um, Jeez. when, he, when he saw infinity pool, he, he like, you know, texted me and was like, it's seconds. Oh, he's like, it's just seconds. And I was like, no, no yeah, that's, I think you're, I think you saying, uh, don't worry, darling reminded you of seconds that, that makes more sense to me. Um, when I watched Seconds after Don't Worry Darling, I was like, yeah, 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 that that kind of seems Infinity Pool. I don't 
I, I mean, I guess I might not know seconds as well as you guys do, but I didn't, it didn't feel that similar to me. I was intrigued by that comparison because I didn't make it whatsoever. And I don't think he's wrong. But yeah, I think of seconds as more of an avatar situation and mm-hmm. not a duplicity. Right. Du- duplication rather situation. Yeah, because it's, it's still a lot of, you know, it's wearing someone else's skin in a different way. It's not being, you know, it's not. The- Which I would do. That I'd have. Oh, yeah. I, in, in a heartbeat. <laughs> not even that like, oh, I hate myself or anything, but it's like I'm, no. I'm a theater person. Like that's kind of part of it is, you know, pretending to be just, someone else for a while. Is I just want to be Rock Hudson. Sure. Yeah. I know. Please. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> that's i would yeah i'd be alexander skarsgård for a day i'd be rock hudson yeah. any day of the week uh i'd probably be, be little billy too but you know i prefer to look at little billy i don't <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to wear little billy's skin i <laughs> little but that's billy. romantic too that's romantic too right right Wearing someone's skin. <laughs> I just want to put you on. I want to wear your face. Uh, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody look in my closets. Oh, yeah. No. If anybody uh, wants to tell us that we're completely correct about everything that we said, go ahead <laughs> and tweet at us at Cineblog or comment on our website back-row.com where we have this episode it'll have its own little page and a little comment section people know how the internet works jenna i don't know if they do quite (laughs) frankly sometimes they do yeah especially with this one because honestly if it sounds like jenna and i are sort of ambivalent and maybe not uh, not entirely sure of the points we're trying to discuss. It's because <laughs> that you nailed it. Dumb. Right. So if you have something to say, let us hear it. Because I, at this point, I'm open to any, any other perspectives. I don't have anything super nailed down for this. This isn't like some other things where I'm like, no, right, wrong, no, yes. This I'm kind of like, oh, I could see that. Sure, I could see that too. Yeah, movies are about many, many things, if they're good. <laughs> right. Honestly, or sometimes they make a really good point, Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There have definitely been some bad movies that made good points. So Look at, look at us with two different opinions <laughs> inside ourselves. I know. I was like, two. I feel like I have, you know, for each movie that we mentioned, I feel like I have seven 10 different opinions like oh yeah well oh well maybe oh yeah okay sure there are seven veronicas in this world <laughs> that's and horrifying if you, them, you have to kill them or kiss them you with consent right i was like it, for that second one there's <laughs> some of you that are not allowed to but yeah. some, I guess for technically for the first one, none of you are allowed to, but I can't stop you. It's usually if you're killing someone, it's uh pretty non-consensual. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume, I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>